Hour number two, a Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider after dark, after work. Mitch Fortner with the Hall of Fame voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. That's Wyatt Thompson. Our number is 537-1350. We're hope here in just a few moments to be joined by K-State Men's Basketball Chief of Staff Marco Bourne. He's a very entertaining fella. And uh, we'll talk some K-State basketball uh, hopefully here in just a moment with him. Um, 24 hours from now, we'll be in the pregame coverage here, Wyatt. Yes, we will. Is I'm this, excited. Is this the one you look forward to every year, the, the Sunflower Showdown in Bramlage for the for the call? Uh, is there any- uh, yeah, probably so. Uh, you know, it, it's it's always rocking, and the, the people get so up for it, sure. Um, I, I love all the games, certainly, but um, yeah, th- this one is just, you know, I mean, I've been following the the series since I was a little kid. That's a long time ago, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the Jayhawks have won seven in a row in the series. They are 16-1. and K-State is 15-2. and You know, tomorrow happens to be a very pivotal day in the Big 12 because, okay, so when it comes to the top four teams, you have Kansas at the top, K-State, Texas, Iowa State are all at 4-1. and one. Yep. Well, not only does K-State play KU, but at 7 o'clock, Texas plays Iowa State. That's right. So it is a pivotal day, plus Baylor and Texas Tech on uh, on Tuesday and then Wednesday. Uh, everybody else in action, TCU and West Virginia, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, round one in Bedlam will uh, be taking place 8 o'clock tomorrow night. But we are now pleased to be joined on the phone by the chief of staff of K-State men's basketball, that is Coach Marco Bourne. And Coach, greatly appreciate your time here on the show. I just want to let you know out of the gate – uh, made the trip to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl and did a lot of great eating. I think you would be very proud of Wyatt and I for exactly how much we were able to put away during those four or five days. Well, I, I know, you know, once you meet your city, uh, every turn you make, you're going to find something great and a, a meal that's going to uh, fulfill your appetite and normally make you eat a little bit more than you normally eat. Well, it's a, it was an incredible, incredible stay, and you're right. About everywhere you turn, there's some place that's really, really good. We we enjoyed it for sure. I, I don't I don't know how you did it growing up there. That that had to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, you know, and you can you can see why my um, physique is what it is living in the city. I understand. You, know, you, you got to make sure you exercise, and, and that's something I got to get better at. Well, Coach, I, I first want to ask you about the game last Tuesday against Oklahoma State. And I know this coaching staff has really wanted to see Bramlage Coliseum back to its octagon of doom shape. And I, you guys got a taste of it. We heard what Coach Tang had to say about it. What was Marco Bourne's take of the crowd at Bramlage last Tuesday against Oklahoma State? Oh, I thought it was wonderful. Um, you know, opportunity to play in front of a, a sold-out crowd, opportunity to play in front of the wonderful fans. That we have, um, you know, ever since we've been here, the fans and the community have been so embracing. You know, just happy to be able to, um, you know, put a, a good product on the floor and, and have a a great game and one that they can have fun. And I mean, the atmosphere was fun, enjoyable. You know, um, uh, great sportsmanship from our, our our fans, and I'm just happy that we were able to get the win and get just something to be excited about. When the uh, the the pass from Marquis Noel went up to Keontae Johnson for the alley oop, what was your initial thought? Did you thought maybe he threw it a little bit too high, or Keontae had it the whole way? Uh, well, when he first threw it, I, I thought uh, I, I thought Keontae could get to it. I didn't think Keontae could help it. I thought he would catch it and, and lay it in. Um, you know, but it's just a credit to his 
natural ability, his athleticism, and then the work he does with, with our strength coach, Coach Phil. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, he's a tremendous athlete. And, uh, you know, uh, makes Marquise look a lot better with those passes, too. <laughs> Yeah, it's been an interesting and, and fun start, Marco. That's obvious at fifteen and two, and four and one in the league. Uh, just having a nine-game winning streak stopped on Saturday. But what's it been like for you getting used to the new community and and, and the and the Wildcat fan base and 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 getting to know and coach these young guys? It, it, you've been a busy guy, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's been great. Like I say, since day one, um, you know my 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 first time in Manhattan was the first day I came to start the job, you know, when Coach called me and, and uh, you know, told me uh, about the opportunity. There was no hesitation. And since day one, it just feels like home. You know, the, the community, as I said earlier, has just been wonderful. Um, I mean, I've already been here for a short period, but it seems like we've been here for years. Just the way that they embraced us, the way that they uh, support us, the way that they even, even you know, after the, um, you know, a tough time on Saturday, you know, the fans were still very supportive. And, and very encouraging, you know, uh, through our social media relationships that we've built. And just in the community, when you go places, you know, that they have the fans pat you on the back. And, you know, and it's always respectable. I mean, you know, you've been places where people will bum rush you and don't allow you to have your private time. Our fans are very respectable with it. And it's just been, uh, it's been a, a happy, very joyful time. Um, and then the guys we have, you know, we, we made a, a valiant effort uh, when we're doing the recruiting process, not only to recruit talented guys, but to recruit good guys that we know will represent K State the right way. And, you know, that's what we have. You know, these are guys where every night you can go to sleep knowing that, you know, sleep comfortable because they make good choices. Uh, good kids from good families that, that, you know, are happy to wear the K State on their chest. And, and I know our, our fans and our community are very proud not only of the on court success, but the way they carry themselves off the court. What's it been like at practice following the loss to TCU, knowing that next on the on the schedule is the Kansas Jayhawks, but you're coming off a you know a, a disappointing effort, the one that resulted in you know just the second loss of the season. You guys are winning a lot of games, but it's not usual. This team has taken a loss. So what's been like the last couple of days? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, we understand, and we played in the twelve is, is you know every game. It's, it's like you're playing in the more team in the country. Like, it's, it's the toughest league in the country. Uh, you know, to go on the road against a well-coached TCU team, uh, you know, all it took was two two bad minutes for the game to go from a four-point lead for them to, you know, 15, and we just weren't able to um, bring that back under 10. Uh, but we did a good job. I think Coach did a great job of being able to get the guys to, you know, identify our errors. Hopefully we were able to correct those mistakes and then move on to the next game. Uh, and the next game is, it didn't matter that it's Kansas. It's the next conference game. We already know it's a big game. So, you know, we, we got back on Saturday. You know, we talked about it. We, we met, we, we did our due diligence, uh, broke things down. And then, you know, the guys got back after it, you know, as we prepared because every, you know, winning in conference is the most important thing. And then winning at home, you know, if one of our goals is to go and defeat at home. And, you know, Tuesday is a home game, and it just happens to be Kansas. But we want to continue that goal of winning and being and representing the fans and the community on the home court. Marco, we all understand KU is a very good team. When you watch them, what stands out to you? What what do you see first and foremost when you watch them? 
Um, I mean, they, 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 you know, they're, they're strong at every position. They're well coached. Um, you know, they execute the, what, what, what's being called. Um, they understand their strengths. They understand their weaknesses. They have guys, you know, their, their shooters make shots and, and the guys who get downhill, get downhill. Um, you know, we understand it's going to be a tough task. You know, we, we dealing with a Hall of Fame coach on the other side. You know, uh, some people say they're the number one team in the country and, you know, they've, they've, They've played a tough schedule and, and been um, through a gauntlet already, you know. So we up for the task, and you know we we prepared and we ready, and you know we we'll we'll strap it up, and you know come six o'clock we'll see who's the best that night. Now, of course, you know I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard a lot about and, and expecting just the, at a amazing octagon of doom tomorrow because it is Kansas State. Hey, you know, I know Coach earlier today spoke about you know. He wants the fan base to be here because they love K-State, not so much the hatred for Kansas, but you know the fans are going to bring it because the Kansas Jayhawks are in the building tomorrow night. Because only Marquise Noel and um, Mishma Sud were around last year faced Kansas. Have they you know, stood up and talked about what it's like playing KU and Bramlage, or are you all just kind of going to experience it and be ready for it once it actually happens? Well, again, um, you know, we, we understand that as Kansas, we understand – you know, um, our our fans and, and, you know, the feelings that our fans have, you know, but we understand going into, like I said earlier, when you're going into a Big 12 game, you know, we know that, that the level of competition, you know, is elite and, and the best of the best. So as we prepare, you know, we prepare for them, you know, the same way it would be for uh, when it was Oklahoma State, the same way it was for TCU. You know, it's things that we have to do, things we have to execute. If we do those things, we'll be, you know, we feel very confident. Um, you know, if, if for whatever reason, like on Saturday, we don't execute the way we expect, you know, we, we, things won't, won't turn out the way we expect it to. But, you know, we, we understand and we appreciate the fans and we know it's going to be crazy and they're going to, you know, but we just, again, want them to have a good time, have good sportsmanship, you know, and, and walk away proud of, you know, the performance that our guys did and, and, and just proud to say, that you know the men's basketball team represent them in a positive and um, in great way. Speaking with Chief of Staff of KC Men's Basketball, Marco Bourne here on Wildcat Insider. Uh, a couple more before we wrap up. It's actually really just kind of around the social media. You, you mentioned it earlier about the you know the relationship that has been built through social media, but I've got to bring up as well on Instagram. I've seen a lot of behind the scenes that I've I've really enjoyed. I think a lot of it comes from Dream Dowling and his Instagram. I noticed one night you guys were doing karaoke, and then you would come on stage, which was basically somebody's <laughs> living room, and come come out with a broom. What was your role that night? Uh, I don't know if if you guys uh, are familiar with Apollo. And when the guys came on and they got booed, and the the, the, the guy was they called the Sandman would come on and you know give a performance. So uh, I was the judge and the and the Sandman. So. Uh, I think Cotay and his group was, was, was probably the worst we had with their terrible performance. I had to entertain the crowd because of his team didn't put the effort in to, to go one and zero that day. They, they were they were awful. You have to ask him, you know, his leadership as for karaoke is not the same as his leadership for basketball. Well, I got to say, you guys are very entertaining when it comes to the social media and the Instagram. It's really fun to watch the behind the scenes bonding. Uh, with the team, with the family meals and all that. Uh, one more here, and we probably should have had you on before the Sugar Bowl because I'm sure a, love, a lot of K-State fans would have loved to hear your recommendations. But you know what? There's, I think the Cats plan to run it back, 
and get to the Sugar Bowl next year and win a Big 12 championship. You know, that's a playoff game next year is the Sugar Bowl. If there, what would you, what would be your recommendation for New Orleans? It could be nightlife to uh, tourist tourist attractions to the food. What would you recommend? Oh man, it's, it's you know, it's like I said, the city is always something going on. You know, uh, a good jazz spot um, where you get a nice uh, meal, uh, glass of wine, uh, uh, you know, adult beverage is always a good thing in the city. Uh, Drago's is always a good place to visit. Uh, you want some good seafood, some good oysters. Um, you know, just taking a ride during the day on the streetcar that is going to bring you through some of the historic areas of town. You know, it, it's, it's abundance of things to do in the city. And, uh, you know, I think we do a great job of hosting and making sure that the, uh, the fans and the tourists that visit are, are safe and have a great time. You know, and then nightlife, you know, I mean, Depending on what you're looking for, you know, you, you can't go wrong, um, you know, taking a stroll down Berber Street and Canal Street and enjoying yourself uh, in multiple ways. So, you know, I just, just proud of my city, love my city, you know, and, and happy that, um, you know, you guys got to enjoy it. But hopefully next year we can be back for that playoff and have a different outcome. <laughs> the coach is doing a good job on that side of the ball. I'm excited about football, and, uh, you know, we just try to do our part make this a yearly uh some yearly success in athletics. Well, I I think I can speak for the K State fan base when we say we are greatly appreciative of what you and your staff and, and Coach Tang and, and the players have done to bring the pride of K State men's basketball back and the fans are certainly excited about this fifteen and two start and can't wait to see what happens tomorrow in Bramblage Coliseum. But Coach Bourne really greatly appreciate your time and uh we'll see you tomorrow night. I appreciate you having me. Go catch. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That's K-State Chief of Staff Marco Bourne here on Wildcat Insider. It's a good dude. He's always the one at the scores table. I I wait for him to bring the the starting lineup over. Uh And that's always interesting to see who he marks down. It's uh, that's the only interaction I've ever had with him. But I can tell that's a it's a really good dude to have around your program. Always one to be positive as well. Well, I get the distinct privilege of traveling with this group <clears throat> and and I just want to convey to those listening that Marco is a ton of fun but make no mistake the dude knows a lot of basketball a lot but he is he is of the entertaining side of things for sure more times than not great great sense of humor and personality no doubt about that all right, when we come back, Wyatt and I will start to dig into the uh, the Sunflower Showdown, what to expect from the Kansas Jayhawks. Tomorrow night in Bramlage, you're listening to Wildcat Insider. We continue with Wildcat Insider, Mitch and Wyatt, along with Travion Berkland running the show today across the glass. 537-1350 is our number if you want to squeeze in a call. As we now talk to Kansas Jayhawks and preview the Sunflower Showdown, first meeting between the two this season. And then uh, they'll meet up once again in Allen Fieldhouse two weeks from tomorrow. Um, so I, I haven't seen a line for this one yet, but I would imagine it'll probably be a close one. Uh, with the game being in Bramlage, I think Ken Palm said this would be a two-point game. Um, 
actually, I want to start with what we are expecting certainly to see tomorrow and, and feel and hear, and that's an, an, a hostile environment. Uh, the loudest environment we'll most likely see in Bramlage this year. However, it won't be the last time we see it full. We're expecting, including tomorrow, four straight sellouts, and then we'll see what happens after that. Still three games with tickets available when it comes to home games at KStateSports.com. Heck, I was seeing on, uh, I guess K-State has a partnership with StubHub, and uh, the cheapest ticket was uh, on the secondary sites was 170 so, uh, yeah, pretty expensive ticket for tomorrow's game at 6 o'clock with pregame starting at 5. But as we do expect for the KU game, a loud, crazy environment. Used to be once a year the Octagon of Doom would, would arrive. I think it feels like that's certainly to be more of a game-by-game game thing, especially in, in Big 12 play. But Coach Tang, during his press conference earlier today, he had about a 90-second message earlier today that he wanted to send to the students that will be at tomorrow's game. My message to our, our students, okay, because that I, I don't want them to show up to the game and yell and scream, and I don't want our fans to, to show up to the game because they hate the other team, right? I want them to show up because they love Kansas State, right? Our guys, every guy on our roster, they didn't pick this school because they hated somebody else. They picked this school because they love us as a staff, they love this community, and they love this university. And I would be real interested to see how we can really change this thing around if, our, if we're motivated by love, right, rather than by hate. And uh, I just feel, and I know I'm going to upset some people, I feel like uh, we, the Kansas State community and family, allow them to live rent-free in our heads way too much. Okay, this game... It's, it's one game in the conference. If we win, we get one win. If we lose, we get one loss. That's it. I, I came to win, try and win a Big 12 championship and win a national championship. Okay? And uh, the year we won the national championship, we split with these guys. Right? And so I, I'm, that, that, that's, that's, that's my thing. I, I, let, let, let's show up to the game because we love Kansas State. Let's show up to every game. Because we love Kansas State. Let's pack Bramlage and make it the octagon of doom because we love Kansas State. White, I don't know about you, but I really liked that 90 seconds of Coach Tang sending that message. I think it was a clear message. Yeah, and, and I, I think I understand it. After being at Baylor, I would tell you that the crowds there now and in the last five or six years have been better, different, than maybe the years prior to that. They're used to winning there now, okay? K-State's had a lot of basketball success. There's no doubt about that. Nobody would, would argue that point. But I understand what he's saying in that he wants it to be, he wants the joint juiced and jumping, if you will, much like Allen Fieldhouse is, whether they are playing Pittsburgh State or Kansas State or Missouri. <laughs> you know what? The, if I'm being totally honest, it makes sense. And it can be done. If you, yes, and, and with the way this guy can recruit, if, if that becomes somewhat of the norm, look out. Was it the year K-State was like ranked third to begin the year, like the exhibition against Washburn was packed? Yes. And that'd be amazing <laughs> to get back to that, would it not? Well, and, and I think everybody that's a little bit older remembers when K-State was playing in a Hearn Fieldhouse and what it was like, you know, standing out the students in, in the cold weather, 
to get in. It was hard to get tickets. You could maybe get, you know, two or four or six during the holiday break, as they called it in those days. Uh, but for the most part, it, it the tickets were hard to come by. I, I believe that's kind of the message here. It, it, building, elevating the program. He, he's talked a lot about elevate in the time that he's been here. And, and I, I, I think what I respect about Coach Tang on this particular subject is, is he has seen Bramlage rocking with Baylor here. Yeah. So he knows it can be done. And I think that's the message that let's not just do it for Kansas. Let's do it for, for most. Yeah, if not all. Another way to phrase what Coach Tang was saying, he wants you to show up as a fan to see K-State win, not KU to lose. Correct. That, yeah. At the end of the day, that's probably the perfect way to say it. Because, and that, if I'm being honest, that's the way it should be. This is about K-State. The rent-free part in our head has some merit. Because, and, and again, I get the frustration because they've dominated this series – but there's a reason. Yeah. They've for a lot of years they've had better players, a lot of years. But you also go back a few years, and there wasn't a ton of difference between these programs. If you go back to the late '80s, I know that was a long time ago. But I I will always feel like, why can't we get back to that? Well, is it hard? Yeah, everything good is hard, right? I mean, that's the way it works. Yeah, but now K-State has a coach that's dedicated, <laughs> dedicated, has put in blood, sweat, the, and tears and hours and minutes to— And, and this is the point where I'll, where I'll throw this in. He's got three four-star kids coming next year. Yeah. Let's go. Get on the wagon, talent. baby. A lot Let's of go. talent, and it's just getting yeah. started. Yeah. I'm not running down the fan base in any way, shape, or form. They right. have responded to this guy in an unbelievably positive way. I just think he wants the focus on K-State and not the other guys. Yeah. What this staff ends up wanting it to be in the long run, and that is a successful team year in and year out, plus wouldn't be too uh, bad to get a couple of rings on the way to being a sustained great program. Also, bringing up the attendance, you know, I'm sure also as an assistant at Baylor, he's been at places where playing against really good teams – and the fans don't show up. You know, I'm sure for a few years at Baylor, not not every game was full. True, they've had some attendance issues yeah. with having some great teams. The game Saturday at TCU that was one of two top 25 matchups in the country. Played on ESPN two, whatever. But that's a top 20 game. And what was Showmeyer Arena like on Saturday? Well, it there were seats available, but not many, and they were pretty loud. Everybody hears the phrase Hilton Magic. Hilton Magic isn't any more than a, a fan base that is really passionate about their team, whether they're 17 and 15 or whether they're 27 and 7. They're there. Yeah. Well, I want to get now into the Kansas Jayhawks, but it should have probably transitioned a little bit earlier because it would have been a perfect transition. But we were talking off the air about Kansas and what makes them good, what makes them vulnerable. And I was saying during Mitch Palm when I was previewing K State TCU. I was like, you know, this Iowa State-KU game, watch out for that one because KU, I think, is vulnerable. Before that, three of their four Big 12 games, they won by a possession. Two or three points. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Where, I, I tell you what, Iowa State was hitting some pretty clutch shots yeah. when they needed them, but they still couldn't get out of Allen Fieldhouse 
losing by two points, and it was 62-60. It wasn't a high-scoring game, even though there's some guys on these two teams that can shoot the basketball. KU has a great starting five. The depth is a little, eh, you know, it, it, it's all right. But the starting five is great. And But I also think, you know, maybe the three-point shooting is inflated because they have Grady Dick who can just hit threes like he was born to do it. Well, he's made 47, and he shoots 48% from three. So he is a different animal to deal with, there's no doubt. They do have a really good starting group. K.J. Adams has blossomed into over the last, well, this season for sure, but I've got on my chart here 10 straight double-figure games, and over that course he's averaged 14 points a game. That may not sound like a lot, but when you add that to the 19.8 that Jalen Wilson has, Grady Dick's ability to shoot, Kevin McCuller, the tech transfer has been around a long time, and then Dewan Harris. I mean, Dewan Harris is a marvelous point guard because he <laughs> – listen to his line from Saturday. 39 minutes, two shots, missed them both. No points, three rebounds, six assists, two blocks. That's not dominant, but yet most everything he does is is the right – he makes great choices. Leads the league in assists to turnover. He's the only guy that you can probably say that has been anywhere in the hemisphere of, of Marquise's numbers this year in, in the league. And there are a lot, as we've said week in and week out on this show, there are a lot of really good point guards in this league. A lot. A ton. So they do have a good group. They're well coached. But I agree with you in in that there are a couple of thoughts here with them. Their bench probably isn't as lengthy and or as productive as it's been in the past. And they as good as KJ Adams has been, I mean, when you when you think about, you know, what they've had recently and, and even David McCormick last year. Uh, the rim protection there is, I think, what we're talking about. So are they good? Yes. Top five? Certainly. Uh, they've, they've won like they always do close games. But, but I do think that, you know, you get them into a tough environment and let, let's see how it goes. They've, they won at West Virginia. Give them that. But uh, they've also <laughs> – they've, they've had, uh, you know, their, their conference start, okay, Oklahoma State at home, at Tech – where they won by three at West Virginia, and then back-to-back at home they've beaten Oklahoma by four and Iowa State by two. So everybody's giving them a run. Why not K-State to knock them off once? I'm just saying, you know, Oklahoma State was a 15 against KU and couldn't close it out. Um, Oklahoma was up, what, 10 with five minutes to go in Allen Fieldhouse and just, you know, they, you know, they blanked the bed. Mm-hmm. Down the stretch, they just couldn't score. Yeah, and I just you know I wonder if it's just that's, that's it's, some of that is it, it's about a fifty fifty proposition. Oklahoma Oklahoma did not play well in the last five minutes, and KU played really well. Yeah, after struggling, I, I shouldn't say struggling. That's probably a little harsh, but they they were behind most of the game with Oklahoma and were being outplayed, but not in the last five minutes. Yeah, it's been impossible to put KU away. If you if you have built a lead, and teams have done that this year, built a lead and just couldn't hold on to it, KU always finds a way that they will, if they're down, they will claw back and make it a fight. And four of their five games have been a fight to the very end. Uh, KU had a chance, or uh, not KU, but well, Oklahoma, or Iowa State. 
on Saturday had a chance to go win that game, or at least tie it. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb Grill, who, you know, maybe I'll save my thoughts about him for the Iowa State game that's coming up, <laughs> but uh, I think was more worried about selling a foul than making a shot. Probably a fair assessment. And so they had a chance and they choked. Oklahoma had a chance and they choked. I think Texas Tech had, you know, like an eight or 10 point lead at one point, and that was early in the game. And then KU takes off and runs and they can't claw their way back. You know, KU has always been a program of runs. Can K State limit those runs? Can K State be within striking distance or hold a lead heading into the last four minutes? The last four minutes, in my opinion, are going to decide the game. I think there's no doubt about it. It's going to come down to the final moments. And can K-State find a way to close it out like they did against Oklahoma State? Or, you know, does KU make the plays down the stretch and win it like they did last year when they came from behind and beat K-State? If the folks listening now were with us earlier in the show when we played Bill Self's comments, it was relatively – well, not relatively. It was crystal clear about what K-State is. And that is much deeper, much more athletic – Playmakers, scorers, they're just a bunch better, okay? So I think K-State, everybody understands kind of what they, what they are right now at 15-2 and two and 4-1. Four and one. So for me, I think it will be a battle, and it probably, you're probably accurate, it will more than likely come down the last four or five minutes or maybe even one or two minutes, maybe even the last 30 seconds or so. I expect that. Honestly, and we'll be a little surprised if it isn't that because I think K State will fight them, and I think they're good enough to win. But you got to go do it, and it starts with making shots. Yeah, and shots early, like Marquise yeah. Noel and Keontae Johnson taking care of the ball, and, and I mean that goes for everybody. But also, you know, as cold as they were in that first half, and then getting good shots, taking good shots, making good shots. Simple. Yeah. It's a simple game when <laughs> when those kind of things work and happen. I just have a feeling Marquise Noel and Keontae. They're going to feed off that energy. And boy, will there be a bunch of energy. I think Coach Tangus said it. This team feeds off that energy. You bet. That'll be the best yeah. energy they get. It's going to charge their batteries yep. for a long 40 minutes tomorrow night inside of Bramlage Coliseum. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll touch on uh, what's to come as well in the Big 12 this week. And uh, we'll get a little Ask Us Anything with Wyatt after these words. It is Wildcat Insider. Welcome back for a final time. So we'll finish up the show. The last us anything in this week in the Big 12. We'll start with the Big 12 right now because I think tomorrow is a very pivotal day. I know it's early in the Big 12 conference, but you know I think it, you know there's a possibility KU can separate themselves a little bit with the rest of the pack. At least with two of the four or two of the three that play tomorrow, other than Kansas. K-State is at 4-1, and one, and so is Texas and Iowa State. But Wyatt, tomorrow Texas and Iowa State play each other at 7 o'clock, and that'll be at Hilton Coliseum. And the winner of that game will now be, you know, 4-2 and two instead of 5-1. and one. And, uh, you know, I don't know if people thought Iowa State would be as good as they are to start the year, but uh, Texas has also one of the best players in the country in, in Marcus Carr. And i got to say, you know, Gabe Coucher was 
shooting the ball very well against Kansas, hitting some very tough three-pointers. I think just watching that performance against KU and Allen Fieldhouse, only scored 60 points, but a leader like Kalsher has made him a little bit of a scarier team, not to mention they're 13-3. and Going to be interesting, too, with this team uh, to see how quickly Aliage Jazz Kuntz gets back. He broke a bone in his hand in December, was expected to be out about a month, uh, here we are, you know, middle-ish of the month of January. Once he gets back, this is a, you know, eight, nine-point-a-game guy uh, who's a 35% three-point shooter, who's six eight. Uh, certainly will help. They they have a pretty quality team. They have got a couple of um, St. Bonaventure transfers that have really helped them, including Jaron Holmes and the Oshun EE kid. A very interesting name, Oshun Oshun EE, uh, but. Uh, he's eight and a half points and about three and a half rebounds a game, and and they've got you know Kalsher coming off the bench. He had a really good game the other night, and he's twelve and a half points a game. He has started six of the sixteen times, so he's not always off the bench. But the point is, is they're better than people think. They guard. They do a really nice job there, um, and I I think they in Texas there tomorrow night that could be a heck of a game. A heck of a game in this league, and, and we've we've seen really good games all the way through so far, for the most part. And then there's a there's a triple header of Big Twelve basketball tomorrow. Texas Tech is hosting number twenty one Baylor. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot of Texas Tech basketball. I mean, obviously they're not McCuller anymore. They do have five players in, that score in double figures uh, per ball game. It seems like they just they turn over the ball a little bit too much. Youth, and, yeah. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing: Davion Harmon is their starting point guard, he's not really a point guard. He's the kid that was at Oklahoma and then at Oregon and now at Texas Tech. But they have a terrific-looking freshman guard in Pop Isaacs. They have the Texas transfer and Jalen Tyson on the wing along with O'Banner. Uh, Bacho in the middle, but here's another big key. Fardaz Amak, the guy that uh, they were going to believe carry them into this year, has missed the entire season until the other night at Texas. Got to play 29 minutes of the game. He wasn't perfect, but he was okay. I mean, he. But but the point is, is he he can do a lot of things at roughly 6'11 and 245 pounds. He had 12 and five in the game at Texas. They are going to be more dangerous, especially if those as those young guys like Isaacs and Lamar Washington, uh, Robert Jennings get more playing time and, and more experience. Looks like we have a line now for K-State KU tomorrow. KU favored by two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. And they say the over-under is 147.5. So thinking uh, these two teams could definitely score in the 70s uh, tomorrow. Uh, I don't like if KU gets the 70s K-State's chances, but there's nonetheless, I still think K-State has a chance. Uh, but that's definitely a team you want to try to hold in the 60s as they've been most vulnerable in the games that are played in the 60s. Uh, all right, and then, uh, of course, there's games on Wednesday. TCU and West Virginia, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, they too have – they've both had some rough starts to conference play, nonetheless being in a bunch of contests. They've just had a couple of slip away. Uh, West Virginia is also still looking for their first one in conference play. Wanted to jump to Saturday, though, because the big game is in Allen Fieldhouse, TCU and Kansas. I think that's TCU's shot right there to prove early on just how legit they are after falling a couple of games in conference play and then rebounding with a win against Kansas State. 
Like, are, are the, is Mike Miles truly, when it comes to the point guards, is he the best point guard in the country? Can he take down Dewan Harris one-on-one? <laughs> and then, you know, um, you know, going fast break in Allen Fieldhouse, can they be as good as they have been all season long? Well, there you go. Um, and, and do they have a chance? Yes. Uh, I really like their team. I think they have, as you said, a really good point guard. They've got a big and active big man in the middle. They've got good wings. They shoot the ball decently well, but they're not a three-point shooting team. I think if you could, if you could change them in any way, shape, or form, that would be it. Make them just this much better as a three-point shooting team, because they do have a lot of pieces. And as we saw Saturday, I mean, they come off the bench, man, with some guys who who can help them. Micah Peavy did not play Saturday. It'll help when he gets back. But Walker, Cork, Wells, and Coles are all pretty good. They're solid. Mm-hmm. So they're every bit, you know, 10 deep most of the time. All right, well, Travion will get us out when we need to get out. I've been having these uh, these questions on the back burner for a little while. Okay. Finally, I need to bring them up front. We'll chew on them for a little while. Uh, first question is, what was the first foreign country you traveled to? I will just say right now, I've never been out of the United States. I've seen Canada. <laughs> with my eyes from across the uh, pond, and I say pond, it was really a river there in Detroit. But uh, where was the first foreign country you visited? That's a good question. I guess it, uh, I have to give it a thought. I, I, I've traveled a lot, as you might expect. Canada might have been it. I don't remember the sequencing, though, but I'm going to say Canada, just just because. What well, do you recall? Like, have you been to a bunch of countries? No, or? no, 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 no. I'm, I'm Mexico. Yes, going Canada, to Cancun yes. a couple times for a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, vacation might be a stretch to work a little bit. Yeah, but uh, Cayman Islands was really cool. Sure. So yeah, I've been fortunate that way. But I don't know that there's like one place like if you absolutely have to go to. If, if you're me, I, I just don't see it. Look at okay. it like that. Have you been to Europe? No, I have not. You haven't. Man, that would be okay, though. Oh, yeah. I would love to take a month yeah. and just go travel around Europe for a little while. Wyatt, can't wait for tomorrow night. We're going to have a lot of fun, Let's do we? it, bud. I'm excited. Tip off at 6, pregame at 5 here on K-Wing. Coming up next is Chiefs Kingdom. If you want to hear the Jeff Mitty Show, that's on our sister station, Sunny 102.5, starting in a couple of minutes. For Travion, Wyatt, I'm Mitch. We're out. Go Cats. BKU. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.